What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Grace's Space. We are here today with second-time guest DLL Punch Front, also known as Kyle, also known as Alec. Who is DLO Punch Front? Does anyone <laughs> know? Because I don't know any person by that name. Who's Kyle? Literally, I've never met a Kyle in my life, and thank God. <laughs> All right, so you guys already know his gymnastics opinions, and if you don't, then you need to stream. Um, it was Grape Flavor. I think it was episode five. It was a really good one. That was a good podcast, I have to say. So go stream that if you haven't already. And then you'll get to know all of his opinions. But yeah. for now, we're just going to go straight into the Pop-Tart. So we have we have a spicy one this week. Frosted maple bacon. Ew. Like, that would be so gross. I'm also, like, I'm a big bacon fan. But I would still never eat that. Like, that would be so gross. The thought of bacon and a Pop-Tart makes me want to vomit. Like, yes, breakfast food, like, usually all goes together. But, like, not that. We don't need bacon Pop-Tarts. That's going a step too far. I know it wouldn't taste like bacon. It would taste like a dog treat. <gasps> oh, my God. Last time on our grape podcast, you brought up, like, it tasting like NyQuil. Now you brought up this tasting like a dog oh, treat. It's just like when we talk about Pop-Tarts, I just get, like, the idea just comes into my head. And it's just... It's so perfect. You are a Pop-Tart genius and that shows with the dog tree Pop-Tart that we are talking about right now. That's exactly what this is. Pop-Tart, sponsor me. And stop making a maple bacon Pop-Tart while you're at it. Yeah, I think they did stop, which is good. (laughs) It was a limited edition because it had no one wanting it. Yeah. And it's like, I, this might be controversial to some people, but I don't think maple and bacon go together. I think bacon should just be bacon. I think it should just be savory. It doesn't need to be sweet. Um, this might also be controversial. I've never tried maple with bacon. Like I, like I've had maple syrup with like my pancakes and like sometimes like it like mixed together by accident, like the maple syrup with the bacon and it's not bad, but like I've never directly have tried bacon and maple together. Yeah, I just, I don't, it doesn't need to be sweet. It's just already perfect. It really is. Some things you don't need to touch and just leave it like the plain old chain is. Exactly. All right. So I feel like we pretty much covered that. We, we really got real deep into it real quick. We did. And honestly, it's what the Pop-Tart deserves is getting dragged. It does. Like every once in a while, you do need, we need to drag a Pop-Tart on this podcast. We, while we may like Pop-Tarts, we also have standards and that is taking it two steps too far. Not even one step, two whole steps too far. Two of them. Yeah, we are well-rounded Pop-Tart fans here at Grace's Space. Um, we we do the whole variety. They can't all be good. It just doesn't work like that. Yes, we are Pop-Tart allies. Yes. All right, so this week we are previewing Iowa Gymnastics and Oregon State Gymnastics. Woo-woo, so fun. Really on the up-and-coming, like, they're gaining popularity they're gaining traction every year and it's great to see yes so what should we start with iowa or oregon i don't know you decide (laughs) 
I hate making decisions. Real. I'll, we'll start with Iowa. Okay. They are first on my notes, so that works out perfectly. So in terms of, like, seniors or, like, lost routines, like, what are we losing? What are we gaining? Iowa is losing basically the heart and soul of Iowa gymnastics. They're losing an amazing senior class, which was, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven gymnasts, all of which are seven iconic gymnasts within, like, the program. And they really, like, built up the program. I remember that their freshman year, they were in a play-in, and their senior year, they ended up sweet 16. So they really brought this program like to its like savior. And they really were the heart and soul. Um, they had Lauren Guerin, which we obviously know is my queen. She deserved a 10. And she deserved a 10. She deserved a lot more than one 10. Oh, not just a singular 10. Like, honey, she deserved multiple, multiple 10s. And honestly, it's something that keeps me up at night. Um, we also are losing Claire Kaji, the heart and soul of Iowa gymnastics. When I say that senior class is a heart and soul, they are. But when I say Claire Kaji is, you guys don't understand. This girl eat, breathes, and sleeps Iowa gymnastics. And like seeing them out on the floor without her after six years of her being there is going to be so, so weird. And I'm not excited for it. Not one bit. Um, they also are losing Bridget Killian, who had a gorgeous triple full on floor. Alex Greenwald, who honestly had one of my favorite floor routines these past two years in the NCAA. She had a gorgeous full in and then ended with a two and a half punch front. She was and a then, good performer too. Wait, what did you say? I'm sorry. She's a good performer too. Yeah, she really like, sold it. She did like the creepy vibe and it really worked for her. Like it slayed it. Ate, like it's like a lot of gymnasts will do it and it's like, it doesn't work for them. Like you can tell they're just forcing it. It's just not working, but like she pulled it off. Yeah, she really like embodied the music. And I feel like Larissa Libby really like came through with the choreography because I felt like right up her alley because you can always tell when like a gymnast gets good choreo, but they don't, connect to it and it's like just so awkward and it's like uncomfortable to watch because like you have good choreo but like you're not selling the routine and so I'm glad it worked for her because it was good choreo and it worked exactly like that is one of the like most I feel like it's really overlooked in choreography like yeah you can like a choreographer can be good at making good dance but they have to also be able to tailor it to what works for that gymnast Literally, it's so overlooked. Thank God you brought it up. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was like kind of awkward. I kind of like cut you off and then added nothing to the sentence. <laughs> Who else are we losing? That was five, six of them. Um, they're also losing Ali Gilchrist, um, Karina Tolan, and Mackenzie Vance. Um, they all three like were in and out of lineups, but they were really like solid and they were very consistent. Um, personally, I really love Mackenzie Vance. She did a side aerial to a two foot on beam and her beam was really pretty. She's a really tall gymnast. So her lines were really pretty. So yeah. that is who they are losing as a senior. That, was, that is a rough class to lose. Oh, it is. It's going to be really challenging to like mutate the leadership and the like star quality those gymnasts have. 
like I feel like they're bringing in freshmen and two transfers that have the gymnastics skills to like meet the level of that senior class but do they have the stardom do they have the leadership and the star quality that really that uh, senior class had so it'll be interesting yeah they definitely got a big freshman class this year I think there's seven of them there is seven freshmen and then there's also going to be two transfers so they the transfers are Ella Castellanos oh man how do I pronounce her name I have no idea it's Ella Castellano I don't know I feel so bad um I'm looking for it and I can't even find it is she still on the roster? Like I don't, I don't see it. I'm I'm looking at the uh, college gym news spreadsheet, so like I'm not looking at the official one. But... I'm looking at the official one, but if they're like joining in January, then they don't show up on here. So I don't know if that's the case. Oh no, they're there. They're the second one. Oh Ella. Yeah. Oh, Ella Castel Castellinos. I don't know. I don't know if there's like accents on there that aren't showing up. Okay, so Ella Castellinos, um, she is a transfer from LAU. She was really good at bars, and we all know LAU is very much a place where people transfer out of. So it'll be interesting to see her routines. The shade there. I mean, I'm just saying, like a pattern is a pattern. I need to know what's going on there. Me too. Like, we need to find out. Like, there needs to be, like, an interview with Randy Lane and some of these gymnasts because something isn't right there. But anyways, this isn't about LIU. Let's not take away from the quality of Iowa gymnastics with that team. Um, <laughs> um, they're also getting Haley Tyson from Minnesota, who will be a sophomore. And then the freshman class, I'm going to just run through their names real quick. They have Hannah Castillo, Avery Chambers, Emily Erb, Bailey Libby, who is the daughter of head coach Larissa Libby, Gianna Masella, Krina Munoz, and Kaya Vani. Um, I really like this freshman class. They have some real talented stars. Um, Karina Munoz is going to be the Lauren Guerin filler that we all need in our life. She is so good at floor. She does a gorgeous double layout. And Iowa tees like some of her routine choreo and girl, it if I don't see the whole like Iowa fan base like on their feet at home meets when she goes on floor, it's it's just gonna be disrespectful because her floor routine is so fun and so high energy. And then of course with that double layout, I mean you have to. And then they also have Kaya Vani, who I'm really excited for. <laughs> One of the reasons may be because she's Canadian, <laughs> um, but she is really good at bars and beam, and she does a gorgeous ray to immediate pack salt toe on bars. However, we haven't seen her in any training videos, so I'm a bit worried and concerned about her status right now, but I'm hoping she will be fine. Hoping for medically alive, crossing your fingers. I'm I'm hopeful. Um, but to be fair, Iowa is very notorious for like not posting any training highlights. Like they will post like maybe like three of the same gymnasts every time. Like outside of that, you really are a shot at Zark when thinking about Iowa lineups because they they literally post no videos and it annoys me so much. And Larissa Libby or Ryan, who does their social media, if you're watching this, stop, upload videos. I wanna see them. Um 
And so those are two of the freshmen I'm very excited for. They also have some good ones in Avery Chambers and Gianna Masilla. They're um, both really good. They could do all around. I don't think they will, but they will definitely like be in lineups. Yeah. Um, so I, I know a little bit about Avery because she is from my high school, actually. Slay. Um, I made her graduation cupcakes. So basically you're their best friends now. Yeah. Um, but she was training, she's been training a Yurchenko one and a half for a long time. And she's done it like onto resi mats. So like it is something that could materialize in the next few years. I don't <laughs> know if she's been training it at Iowa because we haven't seen anything, but like she had it pretty good on those mats. I am very doubtful we'll see it. I've as much as I would love to, Iowa is notorious for playing it super safe on ball. Like, if you look at Jerquavia Henderson, who's now a senior, she, sorry, I had to burp. <laughs> TMI, but sorry, girl. But Jerquavia Henderson, um, she does a gorgeous full and did a one and a half in J.O. that she has not done. And if anyone has seen Q's vault, you know she has the height, the power, and the amplitude, and every dynamic thing you need for the one and a half. But for some reason, they keep having her do the full. And I'm like, Iowa, your issue is vault difficulty. Why are you still trying to play it safe? Like, it's the year 2023. Teams are putting out, like, full lineups of one and a half. And you're still there, like, keeping safe with, like, a full. And it's not even, like, a safe, like, bet. Because I'm sure she can do the one half safely. It's just, like, they play it so safe on vault. And so that's why I'm doubtful we'll see Avery Chambers. The fact that you said the year 2023 made me sick for a moment. (laughs) That's disgusting. I I still feel like next season is 2022. Like, or even 2021. Like I I still keep saying 2020. Oh, you're that far behind. (laughs) Yeah. I still think it's like 2021. I'm always like, wait, it's not 2021. It's 2022. And we're heading into the 2023 season. What? This is chaos. And I hate it. Hate, hate, hate it. Passage of time. I have no time awareness. I really don't. It's. I also think it's like the gay in me because a like gay is in general. <laughs> I don't know a single gay that has good time awareness. And honestly, if this is homophobia shall it be because if you are a gay person out there and you have time of awareness i'm applauding you because lord knows i haven't met anyone with that um and they also have who else is there bailey libby does a front double full on uh oh my i almost said ball (laughs) she does a front double full on floor and because she's Larissa's daughter, I'm sure she'll get really good choreo. So I'm sure we'll be expecting her in um, floor lineup. And then... A little nepotism she, is okay sometimes. Wait, what did you say? I'm so sorry. A little nepotism is okay sometimes. It is okay sometimes. I will say her commitment was a little like... Mm, because she, I think, was only a level nine when she committed. So it was definitely because her mother was a coach. But I think her skills are finally getting up to level and she has a like, good form and like good technique. It just was her inability to do higher level skills, which seemingly it looks like they have fixed that issue on floor. So I'm okay with that. <clears throat> um, and then I think I've talked about all of them, but Emily Herb, I really don't know much about her or any of her gymnastics. So if your name is Emily Herb and you're listening to this, I am so sorry, girl, but I just don't know what to expect from you. And 
it's not a bad thing. It's just like it's because Iowa doesn't show us anything. Hey, <laughs> it's literally because Iowa doesn't show us anything, and I don't really follow JL that closely. So yeah. So they definitely have a lot of talent coming in, but it's going to be hard to replace those routines because it's just they're not going to have that type of performance quality right away. But we do have our stars still in uh, Adeline Kenlin. We have Q. We've got Linda Zivat. I love her vault so much. Oh my, her vault is so good. Talk about like one of the best Sukaharas to ever like grace NCAA gymnastics. That was so impressive. Like her legs did not come apart an inch on the pre Yes, I posted a video the other day. If you guys aren't following me, follow me at DLO Punch Front. (laughs) Come on, tell Huh? DLO Punch Front? Honestly, I think it's someone named Alex. (laughs) I'm not sure. But I posted a video of her vault and her block, her legs are literally glued together right when she hits the uh, board. Not even before the table. From the springboard to the table, her legs do not come apart at all. And as a souk, as a former souk doer, that is really freaking hard. Yeah. If the vault goat herself, Grace, is saying that it's hard, then it's hard. And we have to take her word for it, everyone. Yes. Oh, um, speaking of pool vaults, I love Allison's vault. Oh my god, how would you even describe that? It's like a front handspring and then like a suit tuck full. Yeah, I think so. It's really cool. It's <laughs> really cool, and it's named after her in the JO um code of points. She I has don't know two if... of them in the JO code, right? Oh, I think so too. I think so. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure there's two of them. I mean, honestly, it's she's an icon, so it's what she deserves. But her vault looks so good this year. She posted a video the other um, the other day. By the other day, I mean like the other week, <laughs> um, and it looked so much better than I've ever seen from her. And honestly, it's so good, and I love it so much. And then, um, oh yeah, we saw Adeline in training doing the um that handspring step out that handspring lay out two feet she's not going to compete it but it looked very good oh yeah the girl was a former elite gymnast and that's was that was her series when she was and it was so good then honestly it wasn't okay i'm gonna refrain myself and reverse uh, it was decent when she was elite but it looks so much better for some reason just now and like the video she uploaded yesterday. It looked so good. I don't think she'll compete it, um, but she has trained three separate series this year. She's trained the backhand spring step out, layout step out, which is probably the one she'll stick with um, and what she has done so far. She's also obviously has trained the backhand spring step out, backhand spring two foot, layout two foot, which looks good. She will definitely not compete that. But I would really like to see her compete the side aerial layout step out that she competed. It was, uh, and J- she competed it in JO and she's trained it this uh, preseason some and it looks so good. So I hope she like maybe does that at a competition or two. But that girl is so talented on being like, she's literally trained three different series in the same year within like three months. And it's like, wow, I wish I could be that talented and that good. Real. Um, 
I'm also really interested for Haley Tyson, um, the um, Minnesota transfer. She was really good in jail. She had a one and a half on vault and then a double layout on the floor. However, I don't think Minnesota was the right fit for her because we only saw her on bars and beam, I think. Um, and then I think we saw an exhibition from floor and she was only doing a Rudy front pass, which was weird because she did a double layout as a JL. So that was like a huge um, skill decrease. So maybe she was injured or maybe the Minnesota coaching just wasn't the right fit for her. So I'm interested to see her and how she is um, looking because she looked amazing in JL, just not as amazing last year at Minnesota. So I'm going to be interested to see like what form she's in, if she's in like JL form or Minnesota form. And because she can be really useful if she is looking like good with the one half, if she's still doing that or with the double out, if she's still doing that. Yeah, if she's able to get back to where she was, that would be really good for Iowa. Yeah. I think I've really touched basis on most of it. I really think Iowa's biggest issue will be experience this year. 100%. I think they will have, they will 100% have the gymnastics uh, quality and the gymnastics skills to match the seniors of last year that graduated. But it's a matter of the experience. So I think... Of course, at the beginning of the season, they're going to be a bit rough. I'm expecting like maybe a 194, 195 with some falls, not because a low score because of their talent, but because of their inexperience. And I think there will be some inconsistencies that first they'll have to work through. Just me uh, speculating. But so I'm very interested to see how they'll do. Um, I think it's going to be a completely different team than we're used to. They're still going to have, like, the two gymnasts we all love, Jaquavia Henderson and Adeline Kenlin, but they are losing Lauren Guerin and Claire Kashi. So without, like, those two gymnasts, it's going to be so different because without Lauren Guerin, who else is going to, like, get robbed every week? Like... Oh, also, just want to mention that Hugh was training uh, Navieva earlier this year. (gasps) Oh my God, thank you so much for mentioning that. Being good. So I would love to see that in like a meet or two, just for fun. Oh no, I think she'll for sure do the Nabieva into the immediate shootover. She in the past has done a Maloney to attempted bill handstand, but it's been very short and been getting devalued to a Maloney to an immediate shootover, which does not uh, start from a 10-0. I think it's a 9-9. So we haven't seen much of her in bar lineup, but girl, during preseason, that girl came out with a Nabi Ava shootover. And I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure we'll see it. And it's so, so good. And it's so crazy. Cause like the girl, like you never thought of her as a bars girl, obviously. Like she, she was in and out of lineups. And then she comes out of nowhere with this most perfect shape of a Nabi Ava. And so like, an immediate- is insane. Oh, it's so good. And then with her full and dismount, it's so good too. So if she does do the Nabieva shootover, that bar routine will be hard eyes, hard eyes, hard eyes. The judges are going to go stupid for it. And honestly, it's what she deserves. It's what Iowa deserves. And I'm so happy. Yeah. So what would you say are your top three fantasy picks from this team? Oh, okay. 
so honestly, I think I would have to say Jerquavia and Adeline because I think obviously they put out two high scoring, like they're the most high scoring returning gymnasts. Um, I think the third pick I would do is Karina Munoz. I think she's going to be a star on floor and I think she's going to be really useful on vault. She did a one and a half in JL, but she's only been showing the full um this year. But it's been looking good. And the one video I've seen of it, she like stuck it cold. So I think she'll be really useful on floor and vault. So those three are definitely my top three fantasy picks from the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, those are definitely good picks. And we always love like a sleeper freshman pick that you can just get and they'll slay and no one would have known. Yes, almost like Naya Howard of Georgia, where yeah, you who I got were, and you didn't. Oh God, that keeps that is another thing that keeps me up at night is you stealing Naya Howard, the pick before me when I was going wanting to pick her. Oh, and you get to see all her training videos every single day that they post, where she looks amazing. I know Georgia posts so much videos, and I really appreciate it. And they always post her because obviously she's the goat. She's mother. She's so kind. Like she's what I aspire to be in life. And oh, I'm just so jealous of you. Ah. All right. So our so well, first let's just go over kind of what we think they could achieve conference wise, regionals wise. Obviously, it's really hard to tell just because they're going to really just be relying on almost like completely new lineups. But we can just do a little brief, like what we think could happen. Um, I think they'll probably between like ranking wise at the end of the season, I think they'll end up like between 16 and 20 where they've usually been in the past like two years. Um. I don't think they'll make Sweet 16 at regionals because I think that's a pressure-packed situation. And I think their um, um, newcomers might fumble with um, the pressure and not having the experience. So I think it would be a good season for them, just not as great as of last year, obviously, with the Cinderella story. Um, and then in the Big Ten, um, I think they could possibly make the night session um, at Big Tens, but I think it'll be dependent on, like, um, other teams as well, because Big Ten is really competitive, like, in the middle of, like, um, the conference with Ohio State, Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, and Michigan State, they're all really, like, right in there, so I think they'll do well this season, and I think they'll do decent in Big Ten, I think they have a low ceiling in terms of going far in postseason because of the inexperience. But honestly, if they would prove me wrong, I would love that. Like, I definitely think we shouldn't go in with like huge expectations, like with how they did last year. But I still think they're in a better place than like, say, Minnesota. (laughs) Like, we're losing. I was losing a lot of stars, but they still have some left. Yeah, like Minnesota, Minnesota is just a total question mark at this point. Yeah, Minnesota has like three stars, two of which are graduated. Where like Iowa had four, and two of them are staying. And then I feel like Iowa also is replacing their talent better than Minnesota. I think they have a better freshman class. I think they have two transfers that will really contribute in lineups. So I think they'll do better than Minnesota. Um, and I'll be interested to see like how they do. 
All right. So now let's move on to Oregon State, aka Jade Carey University. <laughs> no way. I was just going to say Jade Carey State University. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think that covers everything about Oregon State, Jade Carey, um, Jade Carey, and a girl named Jade Carey. So, um, you, know, you forgot to mention Jade Carey. Oh, wait. Have you heard about Jade Carey? She's very underground. Yeah, she like I heard she like started out in a Trader Joe's, right? In aisle seven, and she was like aisle seven, and now she's the top gymnast in the NCAA. That's so crazy! Wow, what a success story. True. Um, Oregon State. Um, I think we're all aware of twenty nineteen when they beat Florida at regionals at home and qualified to NCAAs that was the most magical day of my life it was just Uh, a beautiful moment it really was I think that is as close as we're going to get to world peace in society is Oregon State beating Florida I would have to agree with that but I I mentioned that because I feel like they could be stirring up something reminiscent of that year I think they're gonna be in the best place they've been since that year um in 2021 they had a bars issue like they literally were putting up like nine sixes and like that was rough a nine seven would be considered a good score for them on bars it was so rough um last year they were good but they had a lot of newcomers and it ended up relying a lot on jade carey on bars but this year their freshman class they're bringing in all can contribute on bars. I'm telling you this now, all four of them could compete on bars. And it's honestly so great to see is they have so much depth on bars this year. So this is why I really think this team could be competitive um, this year overall, not just in the Pac-12 competitive, but like as in the nation, I think they could surprise and make nationals if they got lucky at regionals. Um. So I'm really excited for Oregon State, as you can tell, <laughs> this season. Um, they're losing, um, who are they losing? They're u- losing three seniors. Caitlin Yanish, who was also robbed of a 10. Yes. Who is basically one of my favorite NCAA gymnasts of all time. Um, Colette Yamaoka, who was a walk-on and ended up being a bars leadoff from them. And then Alexa McClung, who I don't think ever competed but it'll be sad to see her go because I definitely like always remember her like being one of the loudest cheering on the side. Um, And I think there's also that part of leadership and being a senior and being a great teammate off the floor that also contributes to the overall team. So, and then they're bringing in four amazing freshmen that I have mentioned. Um, Ellie Weaver, who has been committed for about 10 years now. (laughs) Um, Savannah Miller, Jennifer McMillan, and Francesca Sazo. Um, Francesca was, I think she trains in U.S. I think she is American, but I think she has German um, heritage. So she was on the German national team, I think, for a year or two, because I know she has represented them internationally before. So that means she's been in the presence of Kim Bui, which means... Like, she has the sleigh energy within her. She basically got, like, baptized by God and got in a situation as Kim Bowie. Um, 
and then we so okay back to her sorry um for her I think we'll see her on bars um I don't know what else we'll see her on she'll add a lot of depth options on like the other um events like on vault beam and floor but bars especially I think we'll see her she does a Maloney pack and then a Van Leuven and then I think she does a double layout dismount um so she for sure should be in the lineup the one that's probably the hyped up the most freshman wise is Jennifer McMillan. She was mother in JO. Like she literally mothered every single week or whenever they compete in JO. Um, she is a bar's goddess, goddess exclamation point, period, bolded, underlined, it, everything. She does a Maloney into a bill handstand and holds the handstand for about 12 years. And then she also does a double layout dismount, which has been a bit sketchy in the past. So I'll be interested to see how that is playing out. But she 100% should be in the back of the lineup with Jade Carey and could be like the Lord and Savior of the bar lineup this year. And then we have Savannah Miller, <laughs> who is another girl who will most likely could be on bars. Um, she, she's more of a recent commitment, I think, because I don't remember like really hearing about her too much. So I'm not sure what to expect for her elsewhere. I think she'll be a great depth option on Beam. I know that, but bars especially, I think will be her forte. And then we have Ellie Weaver, who I mentioned that has been committed for about 12 years now. She is a Beam goddess. She is from Washington and she trained at the same gym that Jordan Charles was at before she transferred to <laughs> the gym we all know of, sadly. Um, so she definitely comes from like a line of like a legacy gym. So I'll be interested to see how she like translate into NCAA gymnastics. I think we'll for sure see her on beam and possibly uh, bars. Um, probably not bars, more of a step, but I don't know if we'll see her on vault or floor, but they bring in four great freshmen and they're all like very like specialists. Like none of them are very like solid all-arounders. Like they are solid all-arounders, but I don't expect any of them to compete all four. And like, I don't expect any of them to even compete three events. So they bring in like a class of four specialists, three of which are bars. So it'll be really beneficial for the team as they're only really using, losing two of uh, they're only losing three routines from last year. Kalaya Yamaoko on bars, which was good, but not really high scoring. And then Caitlin Yanish on vault and floor, which they should replace fine with um, the sophomores who will have more experience this year. This is like a really good example of recruiting for exactly what you need. Like they were like, oh, we have a bars problem. We got this. Yeah, they maybe they went too hard on it because in like a few years they're gonna have like issues on vault and floor, but like for now we well, can. Sleep yeah, I don't know what like their next few classes look like, but like their sophomore junior class right now will be able to handle it for a while. Yeah, I think their sophomore class is probably one of my favorite sophomore classes in the NCAA. They were a bit lackluster last year, but I think a lot of them came in with injuries. Um, one thing with Oregon State is to keep in mind is they are very notorious at pacing. Um, the chaplains have their gymnasts usually peak as seniors and juniors. So 
don't have too much expectations on the freshmen, even though I just like set all your expectations on them. Um, while they're solid, they will most likely be paced to peak as a junior or a senior. So I'm not exactly sure of how much to expect from them. But that also makes me very excited for the sophomore class because because they're like the queens of pacing, the chaplains are. I'm excited to see what they're capable of. I think um, the success from, for Oregon State this year will come from the sophomore class and how they can step up. They have Natalie Bryons, who is the sister of Brandon Bryons, who's like elite on the men's side. And he's like went to Stanford or goes to Stanford. Um, she disappeared this year I wonder what he's doing I wonder too is he did he graduate or is he still I actually don't know but like he just kind of like disappeared this year okay because I don't watch men's gymnastics (laughs) sorry Connor McCool if you're listening but I just don't watch it so I don't know what his situation is but she's the sister of him so it's a gymnastics family she was really good on honestly everything in jail but I think she was injured because she was very downgraded last year and I don't think she ended up being in any lineups at the end of the season but she looks good on bars and beam which are what I'm expecting her on she does um or she did uh swing down with a full twist um what's that called like a rofala rof rofala Rofava, she does that on beam and JL. So I don't know if she still has it, but that's something to look out for. And then she does a gorgeous Maloney pack, double layout dismount, which hopefully will be in. And then Carly Chavez, who was 100% injured last year, but was coming back and only did um, vault. She did a one and a half by the end of the season, but a full during most of the season. She is finally on floor. She does the most pretty actually not the prettiest double layout but she does a really good double layout that will for sure see the back ends of the lineup with Maddie Dagan and Jade so I'm very excited for her um I'm also expecting her to do the one and a half more throughout season rather than just towards the end like last year and then we have Lauren Letch who of course was the Utah commit who um basically went MIA, transferred, I mean, switched commitments to Oregon State, and then appeared last year and stole everyone's hearts. Um, she has been training the one and a half this year on vault, which I'm hopeful we'll see because they showed her doing it at the Halloween inner squad on comp landing or on a landing competition height, competition height landing, but it was like softer math, obviously. So I'm excited to see her and if that vault materializes. And we also have Caitlin Garcia, who also does a big full, who has been doing the one and a half at inner squads this year. Um, so that'll be really nice. Um, I think I touched bases. And then, of course, we have Jade Carey in that sophomore class, who we already know what to expect, which is Slaydom and Queendom and cuntiness like she gives it to you every single time darling um and then we have i want to talk about this girl actually brianna yamamoto who um was only at level nine when she committed and went to oregon state she had very minimalistic skills on any events and even those skills weren't didn't look the easiest for her 
But somehow, Oregon State worked with her, and now she looks really usable on bars. She does a gorgeous Jaeger, um, straddled Jaeger, and then she does a pack Salto, which is a bit whippy, but she makes it work. And then she does a double layout dismount, which is brand new, I think, for her, which it looks okay. It doesn't look amazing, but it's a new skill for her, for sure, so I'm sure it'll get better through season if she ends up competing. So that is one girl I really want to mention because she's someone you have to look out for making that bar sign up. And when she does this year, I don't want you to be like, oh my God, who is that? Is that a girl at Oregon State? Like, is that just a random girl who ended up at the wrong meet? No, that is an Oregon State sophomore who was a level nine who has materialized into a queen on bars. Exactly. And Oregon State becomes a bars team this year. You guys aren't ready. No, they're going to become a bars team. And while I may shit on Florida for all doing Maloney packs or Maloney bail handstands, when Oregon State does it this year, it'll be okay. We will all excuse it and turn a blind eye because exactly. Jake. Florida does it in a generic, annoying way, but Oregon State does it in a cute and fun and quirky aesthetic way. You right. They're just, they're just like not like the other girls. They're They're That's, different. They are. They're just built different. They're built different. They're built better, honestly. They're but, led by our Trader Joe's queen. Literally. If it wasn't for Trader Joe's, we wouldn't know Jade Carey. So. Yeah, everyone go thank Trader Joe himself. Larry, find Trader Joe somewhere, wherever he is, even if it's a real person or not, I don't know, and thank him. Yes, personally, thank him. For Jade Carey. Make sure you specify why you're thanking him. Yes. And also for the for the gluten-free English muffins. Those are very good. And for the gnocchi that I get. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Joe has just done so much for our society. He really has. Um, All right. So let's go over what are we thinking conference regionals wise possible nationals run um i think they'll for sure be in the night session of pack 12s i think they'll be be between like 10 and 12 or 10 and 14 in the rankings this year i think if they end up at the right regionals they could get lucky and qualify over other people's mistakes um i'm not going to say like they're going to be like the it team this year like i don't think they'll crack top 10 nationally on their own i think they're going to need help from other teams but I do see them as like a sleeper pick for nationals in case of an upset, almost like Mizzou last year. I'm feeling like that Mizzou fantasy for Oregon State. And I'm at manifesting they do it over um, Florida. Yes. So Florida, if you want to go to the same regionals as Oregon State and collapse on beam again, go ahead. Please. Honestly, I support it. Like, I'm an advocate for Florida going to the same regional as Oregon State just to flop. I agree. I think I think we, if we all work together hard enough and we make enough donations to this podcast, we can make it happen, guys. If we stream Grace's space throughout the year of 2022 and 2023, we can make it happen. If we hit 10K downloads... It on this specific one, not on everything altogether. Yeah, just this specific one. Exactly. 
and I'll we'll get um the chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwiches from Trader Joe's to celebrate. Oh, okay. I'll be there. I'll be at that party, an ice cream party. Girl, I'll be there. If you haven't had those sandwiches, they're the ones with like the chocolate chunk cookies on the outside, and then they have vanilla ice cream in the middle, and they're rolled in chocolate chips, and they're the greatest thing to ever exist. Try them. You said at Trader Joe's. Yes. We're still talking about him. He's so impactful. I know. Um, I, I have not tried them, but I will. I promise you, I will. When I come on for a third time. Exactly. And we're celebrating how uh, Oregon State beat Florida at regionals. Because we're manifesting it at this point. Right. We're predicting the future. Basically, we're that so Raven. Yes, exactly. Oh, I missed that show. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Top three fantasy picks besides obviously Jade Carey, who's probably everyone's number one pick already. Um, Maddie Dagan, Lauren Lutch, and Maddie Dagan, Lauren Lutch. And I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Jennifer McMillan because I'm expecting her to be big on bars. So those three. All right. We'd love to see it. So that's about all we have for previews today. But there is one more incredibly important thing that we need to talk about. Our society changed forever last night for the better. We got Itsy Loco Floor Routine by Aaliyah Finnegan. And I just want to ask every single million viewer, because I know we'll get a million views. Yes. Have you streamed it? Have you streamed it? Have you streamed it? And if not, why not? What's stopping you? And if you have, do it again. And do it until the day you die. Because yeah. she is mother. That routine is so iconic. And shout out to that amazing host of Grace Space, Grace herself, for recommending that floor music. Because, I mean, it's literally the best thing I've seen all year. It's so, it, it really just changed the entire face of the earth. And once K-pop stan Twitter finds it, it's over for everyone else. It, it really is. We need to make her go viral. The fact that it already, my video that I posted of it already has 30 retweets and it's she doesn't even do her first pass and we don't even have the energy of like an LSU meet. She's going to go so freaking viral this year, guys. And We're it's gonna... all because of Grace herself. My Itzy propaganda has been so successful this year. I'm not even going to lie. I did not expect this amount of success from it, and I'm very proud of it. And honestly, Itzy, I think you should make Grace, like, your PR manager or something. Because she has even gotten me to stream Itzy, and I'm putting on my sneakers on right now. As we speak, the sneakers are being tied up. The sneakers are on and we as we all know once you put the sneakers on you can't take them off you they, can't they stay on the sneakers stay on literally so, yeah everyone put your sneakers on get loco for lsu gymnastics go stream Aaliyah's loco floor routine it's on my twitter page right now it's on a lot of people's twitter pages actually right now because everyone loves it because it's amazing and the best thing to ever happen so go stream that um, download this podcast, smash like, subscribe. Oh, watch Vlogmas. Vlogmas is really good. Yesterday or today's Vlogmas, we introduced an epic new character. So you'll have to go stream that and see that character's reaction to sneakers. So and stream that. Character answer. is someone of great importance. It is, yes. 
So subscribe. Um, yeah, and don't eat the maple bacon pop pop tart unless oh. you know what dog treats taste like. Do not. I think that's COVID twenty. I think that's how you spread COVID. If that's COVID you eat the maple bacon pop tart, that's how you get COVID. So yeah. Don't, so don't, don't do that. Fortunately, I'm about to go get my COVID, my second COVID booster. So get vaccinated, I'll, everyone. Yeah, get vaccinated. Get your flu shot if you haven't. Take yeah. it from a girl who had the flu for an entire month left in April. Just don't, get shot. Don't be spreading those nasty ass germs around the holiday season. Get your right. vaccinations. Don't you want those sweet, sweet antibodies? Literally, the Christmas gift of the gen- of the century is yeah. antibiotics. Real. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks. Peace out, Girl Scouts.